The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, October 24th, 2021. And thank you for joining us for the Fear of the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And also special thanks to one of our regulars who is always very helpful and sticks with me through thick and thin and bad episodes and good episodes and frightening episodes. So thank you to Blog Talk Radio and thank you to Joan and NDB Media, all of you. Okie dokie. Um, Tonight's show, as always, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo material. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode between 1 to 10, one being, oh my God, kill it, and 10 being, yes, this is absolutely perfect. I've died and gone to heaven, ah, <laughs> as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We will also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic freight, so please don't discuss anything from the spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. All right, welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear will run the front eight episodes up to December 5th and then go on break until sometime in 2022. My guess is going to be June. Uh, World Beyond Season 2 will concurrently run after this at 10 p.m. approximately, give or take a few minutes, until December 5th as well with the front half of Fear, followed by The Talking Dead at 11 p.m., which I'm really enjoying having every week with Fear, which I haven't done in the past. So take a hint, Chris Hardwick, please do this more. Final season of The Walking Dead Classic, season 11, the first mid-season opener, mid-season opener episode 9, will pick up on Sunday, February 20th, 2022. So go ahead and get that in your calendar so y'all can join me next winter um, in a few months to pick that back up. Okay, in 2023, the fourth series is coming, the Carol and Daryl show that you guys know about. Summer 2022 is a fifth show, Tales of the Walking Dead. Sixth, um, not sure when, but Dead in the Water, which is a fear mini prologue, uh, rumored back in March and hasn't been talked about lately. Uh, no further details yet. Seventh project is an untitled villain spinoff that was mentioned when Scott Gimple was interviewing December 2020 with BleedingCool.com. Eighth is an untitled comedy spinoff, same play, same interview. It'll be something like Lower Decks from Star Trek, but for The Walking Dead. Um, the ninth project is finished, but you can still see it on AMC+. Plus. Pardon my hiccups. Um, the Walking Dead Origins, four episodes that were live in July, and each one focused on a particular character. It was Carol, Daryl, Negan, and Maggie, I believe. Okay. Call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314. At any point in time tonight, you can do that, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You're welcome to call in during the live show, but we will screen and mute you until the commercial break where we can chat on the air freely. If the phones are not your thing, join us in our live chat room um, at the URL that we usually post in our social media. And you'll be able to listen to the show real-time and comment while the show is on by typing and download the episode after the fact at the links that we provide. If you're unable to join us in real-time this evening, feel free to go back to the link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening or just listen to it on the website. 
click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page to download. Um, just hit the play button to play. You can also download this and any prior episodes on iTunes as well as the Blog Talk Radio website. All right, let me check and see if Joan has any comments to make. Um, <laughs> she says she's going to try real hard not to start Fear the Walking Dead scoring with a one, trying to be positive over here. I got to be honest, they've done some stinkers, but I haven't really hit an opening that I started at a one ever yet. <clears throat> so I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that. All right, let's go back to our notes. It's 835, we've got plenty of time to chit-chat. So uh, first we'll give info on Fear the Walking Dead, and then after we're done with all that, I'll give you info on World Beyond. So tonight's fear episode is entitled Six Hours. The official AMC synopsis is, as Morgan, Grace, and Mo, which is baby Morgan, struggle to adapt to life on the submarine, a food shortage forces them to face the nuclear fallout outside the sub. And as I often do for you guys, I have links to articles that have expanded synopsis that i like to share with you. Let me get that pulled up. I'm sorry I didn't do it earlier. I got a little distracted a squirrel happened or something <laughs> um let me get that pulled up real quick <clears throat> all right this is from culturist.com which seems to just be an expanded brand related to fan sided um and this is sarah beth pollock who often writes for them <clears throat> and she says fear the walking dead season seven continues with episode two's six hours Survival was already a challenge before the nuclear warheads hit, not hit, decimated the landscape, but now it's even harder to find food. And when you're caring for a hungry baby who doesn't know why she can't eat on demand, it makes things even more challenging. What is Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 2 about? Last week's thrilling Season 7 premiere featured a look at what Victor Strand had been up to since the warheads landed. Um... Sarah Beth, honey, I'm thrilling is not really the word I would use, but I guess you're trying to be positive and promotional. So, okay. Um, now it's time to check in with Grace, Morgan, Baby Mo, and Rufus. I did not realize Rufus was still with him, and I wonder where Rufus has been during some of this running around. Rufus was not at his side during certain scenes, and I don't know how he would have been able to go back for him. So, I kind of calling shenanigans, but I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole. So let's move on. They were a lot closer to the blast, so the air around them is even more toxic. The only way for them to survive is to venture farther and further away from the submarine to find food, but each trip comes with great risk. <clears throat> the synopsis have already read you, so we're skipping that. Next, um, it's a double-edged sword that they were able to take refuge in a place that was built to withstand the nuclear fallout. On one hand, they're safe from the fallout. On the other hand, they're one, in one of the worst locations to be stuck without food. With the need to find food sources greater than ever, they will need to make some tough decisions in order to survive. That is the end of that synopsis. So let me pull up the other one. And that one is from comicbook.com, which I believe is related to all this. And it's entitled, Who the Hell is That? Grace and Morgan Meet a Stranger in Fear the Walking Dead teaser. Switch and pull that up for you. It's by Cameron Bolomono, who's one of the regular writers about this show. All right. Who the hell is that? asked Grace, Karen David, of a hazmat-suited stranger stepping out into the nuclear zombie apocalypse in Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. My guess is going to be a CRM agent of some kind. Um, but we'll see. I do know, I won't call them spoilers, but I know some official things that have been said that lead me to believe that this may be what's going on. All right. Um, in the fallout of the 10 warheads that Teddy Maddox, John Glover, detonated throughout Texas to end Season 6, Grace and Morgan hunker down in the hull of a beach submarine with their adopted daughter, Baby Mel. But when a search for food means making a road trip into a radioactive wasteland, Morgan and Grace come across desperate and dangerous survivors who want what they have. As more, quote, as Morgan, Grace, and Moe struggle to adapt to life on the submarine, oh, blah, 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 that's the synopsis, we've done that. Skipping, skipping, skipping. 
Quote, the loss of Athena, we will find out the effect that that loss has had on Morgan. I only say that because I think it's going to manifest itself in unusual and unexpected ways. Lenny James previously told AMC.com of Grace's stillborn baby girl who succumbed to radiation poisoning last season. Continue quote, I think it's going to affect the choices he makes. I think it's going to affect the actions that he takes. I think it's profound for him because obviously the loss of a child wouldn't be. I think it brings back memories of the previous child that he lost, and I think it kind of compounds it. Let me double-check in the chat room. No, she says, eh, Joan told me a bad thing. Um, more bad news. Talking Dead is not listed in the AMC schedule for tonight and not ne- next week either. What the hell? This reminds me that I went to Talking Dead earlier tonight to try to find out who's on the couch, and they didn't have it listed, and this bothers me. Um, if I could impose on you, can you dig in a little more about that and find out definitively if Talking Dead is maybe not coming on until December 5th? Have they decided to actually not do any more since fear has started? Um, Typically, they haven't been running Talking Dead when fear is on, and I got excited because it was going on last week. Um, I don't really know. And they were having on guests from World Beyond, and I thought that would have been motive to keep it going. But, Joan, if you don't mind, if I can impose on you, can you dig in a little more about that? I did try to look earlier, and there was no mention. Um, so hopefully you'll have an opportunity to do that. But let's go ahead and keep reading the article. <clears throat> and they say, People and walkers aren't the only dangers in this second round of the apocalypse. Those who escape the bomb blast must survive in an environment of irradiated air and other hazards. The fierce survivors this season are, quote, going to have to deal with the devastation, nuclear fallout, ash, unbreathable air, destroyed structures, limited resources, all these new environmental factors that are going to make survival just exponentially more difficult for them. End quote. Co-showrunner Ian Goldberg previously revealed on Talking Dead, which is why you should still have it. This new world is going to bring out very different sides to all of these characters because they're in a whole new reality and a very scary one. Goldberg added, The nuclear apocalypse will also bring out a new element of human adversary, and some also really cool design garb accoutrement to reflect this new reality. There's going to be a lot of gas masks in Season 7, as you can probably guess. All right, that's essentially the end of that. So let's go to our writers and directors profile. <clears throat> Tonight's episode was written also, as last week, by showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg and directed by Satro. Andrew Chambliss has been the co-runner, co-showrunner for Fear since season four opened. Blah, blah, blah. Did a whole bunch of stuff on him. Let's go down to the Walking Dead work. He's previously written or co-written 13 episodes of Fear, starting with season four, episode one, What's Your Story? And the last previous being season seven, episode one, The Beacon. Tonight is his 15th. 13 of the 15 he co-wrote with Goldberg. The other two were... Season 4, Episode 11, The Code, which was co-written with Alex DeLisle. And Season 6, Episode 12, In Dreams, co-written with both Goldberg and Nazreen Chaudhry. Together with Goldberg, he's also co-writer of Season 7, Mid-Season Finale, coming up, Episode 8, Padre. And I'm going to do the same with Ian Goldberg. I'm going to skip most of the bio stuff because we just did this last week. Um, He has previously written or co-written 15 episodes of Fear. <clears throat> starting with Season 4, Episode 1, What's Your Story? And the last previous being Season 7, Episode 1, Beacon. Tonight is his 16th. 13 of the 16 were co-written with Chambliss. The other three were Season 4, Episode 1, What's Your Story? Co-written with both Chambliss and Scott Kempel. Season 4, Episode 13, Blackjack, co-written with Richard Nang. And by the way, he was on Talking Dead after that. And Season 6, Episode 12 in Dreams, co-written with Chambliss and Nazreen Chaudhry. Together with Chambliss, he's also co-writer of Season 7, Mid-Season Finale, Episode 8, Padre. And last but certainly not even close to least, Satro, Michael Edison Satrozemis, has extensive movie credits and TV credits to his name, so we're just going to summarize camera credits, director of photography credits, blah, blah, blah. Let's get down to The Walking Dead work. He has directed 17 prior episodes of Walking Dead Classic, 
starting with The Grove, Season 4, Episode 14. And you know what time it is when I say that. I'm sure Joan knows as well. Let me pull it up for you. Here we go. Yep, always got to do that when it comes up. Satro has been co-executive producer for Fear since Season 4, Episode 1 in 2018, up to present, which is 40 episodes so far. He has directed 17 prior episodes of Fear, 5 in Season 4, 5 in Season 5, 6 in Season 6, and 1 so far in Season 7. Tonight will be his 18th for Fear. The last previous being Season 7, Episode 1, The Beacon, obviously, last week. He also is slated to direct Season 7, Episode 8, Padre, the mid-season finale, with Ian and Andrew co-writing the script. And let's give them some applause for working on the show. All right. Um, Trivia about tonight's episode. It's 846, so we have some time. Let's try to get through what we can. Tonight's episode is the 87th episode of Fear, The Walking Dead, ever. First appearance of the character Fred, who's a random survivor played by Derek Richardson. First appearance of B, B-E-A, random survivor played by Marin Lord, M-A-R-E-N, Lord. First appearance of Josiah LaRue. Yes, this does sound familiar. He is the twin brother of Emil, also played by actor Demetrius Gross. And that was the guy who had Rufus and was hunting Morgan. He's already slated to also appear in Season 7, Episode 4 next week, Breathe With Me. The last appearance of Athena Mukherjee in a flashback, who is the imaginary grown daughter, Grace and Matthew's baby. Um, there's nobody listed also starring and no co-stars listed as of yet. Um, uncredited actors, Wyatt, the dog actor, as Rufus, Emile's former dog. Uh, unknown baby actress as Morgan Moe, the infant. Um, Emile LaRue was zombified. Uh, tonight and is a prop which I imagine if you remember Bounty Hunter Virginia sent after Morgan that's who Emil was the twin brother of Josiah the actor for both being Demetrius Gross in season 6 Emil's head was in a box I think I speak to this somewhere else as well Um, Virginia got a box and she thought it was going to be Morgan's head and it turned out to be Emil's and it wasn't put down she didn't put it down and now she's gone so where's the head now? We don't know. In season six, the end is the beginning. Emile's reanimated head is sent to Virginia. Where is it now? Uh, also, a prop and Sahana Srinivasan as Athena Mukherjee. Um, the, she was represented in archival footage. All right. So those are uncredited uh, from tonight. And it's 848. So let's go ahead and keep going. Last episode trivia, uh, The Beacon, episode one. First appearance of Toby. First appearance of the Stalkers. First and last appearance of Will. Which I was really bummed out about. Will was a well-fleshed-out character, and I really am upset we didn't get to talk more about Will and him crushing on Alicia and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Last appearance of location, the Franklin Hotel. Trivia. In the 1950s, the U.S. government built a doomsday bunker beneath the hotel for government officials to survive a possible coming nuclear war. The bunker was left fully stocked with enough food and water supplies to last survivors for years. I hate to tell you, but as a very dabbling, very casual, not quite prepper, um, any food and water that was stocked in the 50s would have to have been updated multiple times to be any good. Just saying. Okay. Continuing on, however, the bunker was eventually forgotten about and the resort hotel ultimately went bankrupt. The bunker's existence was mentioned in a newspaper article discussing the bankruptcy. The hotel seemed loosely patterned. This is my opinion, by the way. The hotel seems loosely patterned after the Greenbrier Resort off Route 60 in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, near the Virginia border, which actually was a massive underground bunker that was meant to serve as an emergency shelter the United States Congress during the Cold War. The bunker was codenamed Project Greek Island. 
Although for 30 years the bunker was kept stocked with supplies, it was never used as an emergency location, even during the Cuban Missile Crisis. The existence of the bunker was never acknowledged by our government. Ted Goop of the Washington Post reported it in a 1992 story. Immediately after publication of the Post story, the government quietly decommissioned the bunker. So it has been out of use for three or four decades now. The title of the episode, The Beacon, refers to the lighthouse beacon Will and Strand salvage and mount on top of the tower. <clears throat> Still haven't figured out why, because all it does is encourage walkers to come around. Unless he really is serious, he doesn't want Alicia to find him, and he's just going to encourage walkers to come around to protect the building. I don't know. As of this episode, last week, Maggie Grace, Althea, and I wrote down the pronunciation because I forget every so often. Come on, Althea... Shevchik Priskoki and, and Zoe Coletti, who plays Dakota, have been removed from the opening credits. However, promotional materials are hinting that Maggie is simply with CRM, so she's going to show back up somewhere. Dakota, obviously, not so much. Um, this is the third episode to feature only one main cast member after Close Your Eyes and the end is the beginning. It's mentioned that the weather patterns sent the fallout away from the tower, making it the only inhabitable place for miles. This is the second time, and this may be a thing, Joan, if you want to try to check it out, it is very rabbit holy, and you may not be able to find it, but if you care to, I'll write it down for some other time later. This is the second time a walker has been seen eating another walker, in this case, a walker eating a zombified will. That being said... The walker stops eating Will shortly after he reanimated. And I do not have any idea of the first time this happened and if this is the first time in Seer or the first time anywhere in the franchise. I don't know. And I do know it actually hasn't been that rare that walkers go after someone and once they have turned and the flesh is not alive anymore, that's not an instantaneous process. It takes a few minutes. And so I think... They may just be instinctually still eating. Uh, like Romero zombies, they're not technically hungry. It's just something the body tries to do. Because like Romero zombies, we've seen decapitated heads exhibit this behavior, and they have no stomach to drive it. Um, so if you want to try to look that up, that's fine and appreciate it. If it's a whole lot of spaghetti for you, that's also fine. Don't worry about it. Co-stars last week not mentioned, also starring... Omid Abtahi is Howard, Strand's buddy in the high-rise. He's pre-listed in the cast for tonight's... No. It's tonight's episode... Yeah, tonight's episode two. So tonight's episode, episode five, and episode seven. And then Gus Halper as Will. And I'm really angry that he was gotten rid of. That was actually a decent character. Let me see what Joan has anything to add. Um, she has added... From what she can find, The Talking Dead is going to return November 28th. So it's going to be the week. It's going to be during, guess what, Joan? Your favorite word. The penultimate episode. Ah, ah, ah. I'm going to put some applause in there just to be obnoxious. (laughs) I'm assuming it's because it's before the season finale for... Well, mid-season finale for Fear, season finale and series finale for um, World Beyond. I don't really know. Um, So November 28th, we'll have Talking Dead again. And she's going to make an attempt to look up the eating habits thing, like why, you know, what's the deal with walkers eating somebody that's dying? Oh, (laughs) She says that's insulting, keeping Talking Dead away until the penultimate. Yeah, it is insulting. I agree with you. I like Chris Hardwick's work. Even on an episode I'm not fond of, it's always good to have conversations with the actors because most of the actors on the show do very well, even if the script that they're given is shite. You know, I have to give them credit for that. All right, it's 8.54, so let me go back to the trivia and see if we can get through the rest. Um, Uncredited from last week, uh, Toby Holguin... H-O-L-G-U-I-N as utility strand guard. There are two of those. Tower resident one, eaten by walkers at the overpass, you know, when they were going under the bridge where the van was. Thomas DuPont, 
also as a utility strand guard, tower resident number two, eaten by walkers of the overpass. Last one is unknown actor as Toby. Toby's the one playing golf in the tower where Strand compliments Toby on his putt as he walks by giving Will a tour. <clears throat> That's from last week. Elias Vasquez confirmed fate. He was mentioned by Will. He says that they were living at the Franklin Hotel when the Doomsday Cult came and killed everyone, but Will killed everyone but Will as he was hiding elsewhere in the hotel. Vasquez was killed when the cult invaded the bunker underneath the Franklin Hotel. It wasn't seen on screen so there's no actor listed as portraying him. Will um, is one of the deaths. He was the aide for the Democratic Senator, Elias Vasquez, I just mentioned. Um, Strand pushes him off the tower to his death, and he reanimates. Several of Senator Vasquez's aides also died. Uh, three unnamed stalkers, those were that group formed after the nuclear warheads hit Texas. They're known for tearing the clothes off of walkers for some unknown reason. Three unnamed tower guards, um, one possum, poor thing, several unnamed cultists alive, 18 of them are zombified somewhere. Uh, no errors, bloopers, or any of that listed. <clears throat> Let's see if we can do birthdays in four minutes. I added some, as I've been going along and noting characters, if they have the actor's birthday, I've been adding them to the list. I really need to sit down and do everybody, but I'm trying to just add these in for now. So the first... Five are new to the birthday list. Christina Brucato, who played Emilia Ortiz, uh, Elton's mom in World Beyond. Her birthday is January 14th. She's American, but I don't know what state. New to the list, Sahana Srinivasan, who's Athena Mukherjee in Fear, uh, September 4th, and she's from Houston. Demetrius Gross, who played both Emil and will be playing Josiah LaRue in Fear, February 26th, Washington, D.C. D.C. boy, yes. New to list, and in tonight's episode, Kurt Rhodes, O-R-H-O-A-D-S, who played Daniel in Season 2, Episode 4 of World Beyond. That's very strange. We haven't had episode four yet. I guess he, oh, he must be listed for next week or something. Um, <clears throat> anyway, his birthday is October 17th, and he's from Columbus, Georgia. And by the way, I have a note somewhere that he is listed as Dan, uh, Kurt R-O-D-S or something. Like, they misspelled his name officially on the episode new to the list and today is her birthday paola lazaro who's princess in walking dead classic october 24th she's from san juan puerto rico sorry my spanish sucks i took french i apologize christine evangelista who plays sherry dwight's wife october 27th staten island and sydney park who plays cindy from oceanside her birthday's on halloween next sunday Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Let's give them some birthday applause. And real quick, I'm going to sneak in featured music from last episode, season seven, episode one, The Beacon. Think I Fell in Love by uh, T-Y-R-E-Y. I don't know how he pronounces it. And Bam328. I don't really understand the names of these musicians, but... That music was grabbed from last episode. All right, it's 8.59. I'm going to go ahead and go dark, and I will be back at the first commercial break. We can keep discussing the show. Thanks for joining us. Okay, it's 9.08. That was actually a somewhat unusually long opening. Um, you know, I'm actually considering giving it a five. Just, it took a lot longer than it needed to for what it accomplished, which wasn't a whole lot. I didn't mind seeing the beginning of all that, but I don't think it needed to take so long. And I would have liked to have seen some more interaction with the man and the woman that were in the store. Um, I'm giving it a five. Joan's going to go with a four and hope for better. And she has not found anything definitive on walkers eating walkers yet. 
I kind of have a feeling it's going to be something about walkers eating and killing people and still eating them until they reanimate. I don't really know. Maybe somebody's done an article on it. Who knows? All righty, let's go back to our notes. And our notes say, um, unaccounted for characters I covered last week. I'm not going to do the whole article. It's mostly Taka and Lee, Proctor John and Diana, and Tracy Otto. You all know that. I've talked about that. Apparently, there's no Talking Dead tonight, November 28th, resume. Going to put that in my notes. So there is no Talking Dead. I'm very sad. Um, There is an article that we could discuss. It is about the return of Walking Dead Classic. Although I have the hiccups again, and I apologize for that. It makes it hard for me to read some of these things. <clears throat> Not really sure what's up with that. All righty. I'm going to pull the article up, and I'm going to see what other materials I have, whether we want to go ahead and do this. Uh, do, do, do. I can give you the rest of Season 7 of Fear. Um Episode 88-3 is called Cindy Hawkins. If you will remember in Season 6, she was mentioned as one of Teddy's victims. That's why it's named that. The writers are Nick Bernadoni and Jacob Pinion. The director is Ron Underwood, and that's going to be next Sunday, Halloween. And, um, no, we're not back yet. I was just checking. And we are back. Okay, I'm mistaken. Let's wait until break number two to talk about that. Thanks for being here. Okay, guys, it's 9.22, and we're just at commercial break number two. Um, I don't know what Morgan was thinking, rigging all that stuff up to a Pinto, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. I'm sure there weren't a lot of working cars available, but that just seems like a joke there. Um, I don't know how many of you remember that Pintos used to be very explodey. Um, Joan has mentioned that she knows walkers continue to eat those they take down if they don't get to the brain. The Eaton will eventually reanimate, but not sure how long the walkers will continue to eat before that happens. I think once the body is dead and moving around on whatever radiation and contamination causes them, I think the walkers lose interest. Um, I wasn't sure what um, Grace meant by six hours that you could be out. I don't know if that was cumulative, six hours a day, ever. I don't know. Um, anyway, we had somebody pop by that I don't know, but they went ahead and popped off somewhere else because it was during when we were mute. And that's a shame and all that purple pill. Maybe you'll come back. Um, Jonah said, I'm beginning to wonder how Grace made it this far in the apocalypse. Well, if you remember, she wasn't gonna, and then she changed her mind. Um, Joan continues. I mean, I know she lost her baby, but look at what everyone else has lost and still been able to survive. Yeah, well, I mean, not everybody has the same resilience, you have to remember. But she's really taking the trope way too far. Um, And Joan's like, oh, just let her go, Morgan. I'm glad I started with a four because I'm still there. I had started with a five, and you know what? I'm going to be still there as well. I'm just not feeling like anything happened that merited going higher. So I'm a little unclear what's... uh, what this is going to turn into but anyway it's 924 let me continue reading the upcoming episodes to you um after cindy hawkins is 89-4 that's breathed with me the writers are david david leslie johnson mcgoldrick which i find it interesting that they're actually using his full correct name now and nazarene chaudhry and the director is tara nicole ware and that's on um november 7th then 90-5, which is Till Death, and the writers are Ashley Cardiff and Justin Boyd, and the director is going to be Lenny James, so hopefully that will at least have some promise. That's on the 14th. 91-6 is Reclamation. Uh, writers are Alex Delisle and Kalia Stallworth, and the director is Billy Woodruff, is B-I-L-L-E, no second I in it. That's the 21st. And then 92-7, The Portrait, Writer is Nick Bernadoni. Director is Heather Capiello. 
and that's on the 28th, Thanksgiving weekend, followed by mid-season finale, 93-8, Padre. Writers are Andrew and Ian, and director is Satro, and that's on December 5th, and then that will wrap the first half. And we're actually in a Liberty commercial, so let's go ahead and keep going down. Um, World Beyond Notes are next, so I'm looking for that one article I mentioned for you guys. I do have it pulled up. Um, Let me go ahead and and read that to you, because I don't want to get to World Beyond quite too soon. This is from Yahoo News and Insider. The Walking Dead will return in February 2022. A new trailer premiere teases Carol, Daryl, and more of the Commonwealth community. And this is by Kirsten Acuna, written on October 8th. LoopNet, and we're in a Reese's commercial, so I'll keep going. All right, the Alexandrians, and this is announced in promo materials. The Alexandrians are heading to the Commonwealth to join Ezekiel, Princess, Yumiko, and Eugene. That hasn't actually happened officially on any episodes, but it's been talked about quite a bit, so AMC's pretty much spoiled this. All right, now we are back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 9.33. We are at break number three. Yeah, I'm not feeling that 525. I'm going to stay down at five still. Um. I, Jonah said, Grace is just another trope. These writers are beating to death. One more in a long line of them. Yes, she really is becoming a trope. Grace losing it, followed by other survivors who just happen to be crazy, too, thinking Mo is their baby. Obviously, neither of them are Hispanic. I don't know what the hell is going on. You know, sure, it's possible that just like Morgan and Grace, they ended up with someone's baby or adopted or whatever, but enough of this crap. And then I was asking, if the walkers are so liquidy that when they beat on the doors, they get all over the windows, how can they be intact? How can they be walking around? And Joan says, just another mystery we may never solve. Yes, because Andrew and Ian are very fond of that shit. Um, And Joan is fussing that Morgan is still trying to help people who tried to kill him just moments before. Don't like that trope either. That's not what Eastman told him, taught him. Joan is staying at her four. I says, both those strangers are high on the radiation, and Morgan and Grace just look, took them in like nothing. Yeah. Why have them, you know, they, he pulled the woman into his area where he's going to be hiding out. He's going to make everything infected. Dumbest thing ever. Okay. Uh, let's go to the article if we have any time. Let's see. And it starts, Carol and Daryl are headed to the Commonwealth next year. Ahead of Sunday's airing of The Walking Dead Season 11 Part 1 finale, uh, AMC announced part two of the final season will premiere February 20th at 9 p.m. with a teaser for the next eight episodes. The winter premiere will be available to stream a week early on AMC Plus as everything else has been. Uh, warning, if you have not watched the part one finale, uh, are uh, holding out to watch it on TV this Sunday, which is a couple weeks ago, uh, don't watch the trailer below because it spoils some of the cliffhangers. All right. And we are still in the commercial, so I'm going to be spoiling some of those cliffhangers um, as well. So here's the part two synopsis from AMC. This February, The Walking Dead returns with many of our heroes fighting imminent hellfire under Reaper attack, with, uh, while others battle Mother Nature's torrential wrath in Alexandria. For all, their world is literally crashing down around them. And got Neutrogena, so let's keep going. Meanwhile, life in the Commonwealth is not as idyllic as it seems. We have figured that out. For some, hope will be renewed. Others will be pushed past the point of no return. One truth holds tight. Lives hang in the balance with each decision, drastically changing their future, their chances of survival, and the state of each new community. Releasing a new Walking Dead trailer for Part 2 before the Part 1 finale airs on TV seems to defeat the purpose of the finale. I agree with that, and I didn't like it. Um, The trailer diminishes the value of a few cliffhangers on Sunday's upcoming episode, which I'll vaguely address below since AMC has asked journalists not to discuss Season 11, Episode 8, until it airs on TV. But that's been a couple weeks now, so we're fine. With that in mind, here's a few big things we noticed in the teaser for Part 2. 
And we are still in commercials. Daryl, Maggie, Negan, and Father Gabriel seem to escape the Reaper raid on Sunday's upcoming part one finale as they appear safe. Except Negan's face, that does not look okay. He does have some wounds, kind of like the ends of fingertips on his left cheek. I'm not quite sure what that was. Um, looking to see if the Galaxy Edge commercial is over. Um, doing a trailer for something, so we'll be back soon. Judith appears to be just fine. Gracie's nowhere in sight, making us a bit concerned for her safety and Aaron's mental state, which has been deteriorating. Meanwhile, Dog seems to choose Daryl over Leah and returns back to Alexandria with him. All right. It's a trailer for AMC. Um, Fear and World Beyond. Okay. That's fine and well. AMC Plus. Yes, we are going back, so I'll see you guys at break number four. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.43, and we're only at break number four. There's a long bout of actual show. And I'm actually okay with that, but I'm kind of surprised because that's almost never their habit. So I'm staying with my five. I just I don't find the crap that is going on very compelling. Joan's staying with her four. World Beyond's at 10.07. Not nearly soon enough. Okay, guys. I just had Joan beg for World Beyond to come on. I'm really kind of cracking up here. I don't know what to make of that. All righty. (laughs) Okay. Let's go back to the article, if we have time. We do for a moment. Um. Jerry makes it through the storm. That's another thing that was spoiled by the the season mid season finale spoilers. And Carol, Daryl, and Rosita are among the Alexandra survivors to make it to the Commonwealth. Could this be the catalyst that to lead the Carol and Daryl spinoff? Maybe. It's hard to imagine those two thriving inside the Commonwealth community. Yeah, I don't ever imagine that. And frankly, point that's going. I don't imagine any of our crew surviving there. It's way too close to the CRM. All right. Pamela Milton, the leader of the Commonwealth, will be introduced in the second batch of episodes. We did know this already because she's all over the trailers. And yep, we're still in commercials. Uh, The Reapers defend Maggie's Home of Meridian from a walker herd. The Alexandrians defend their home from an impending torrential downpour. That's all there is on that article. And since it's 945, I think it's safe to go ahead and start talking a little bit about World Beyond for the simple reason that we won't have much of a, you know, break in between. So let's go down. Tonight's World Beyond episode is entitled Family is a Four-Letter Word. That's kind of a funny one, but okay, so... The official AMC synopsis is, tensions rise as the group questions past events and plans for the future. Things get explosive as someone's abilities and loyalties are put to the test, and that's Silas Plaskett. A surprising discovery is made. And I do have an additional synopsis for World Beyond. Last week I had kind of forgotten to go get that, so I didn't have as much to say. But let's go ahead and pull up the article and we're still in commercials. I'm mushing all the commercials together, like, after a good 15 minutes of show, which, again, fine with, but very shocked that they're doing that. So watch the... Okay, this actually does not look like what I was expecting. It's supposed to be the world beyond stuff, but this is... Fear stuff. And I got kind of fooled. That link is not any good. Because it's just stuff about the episode we're watching now. Sorry about that. Um, All right, we're still in commercials. Let me see what else I got here besides that link. So, tonight's episode of World Beyond is written by Maya Goldsmith and directed by Aisha Tyler. All right. And we are back. I'll see you guys at break number five. 
Okay, guys. I is he one two? Yeah, I guess we are at break number four. Joan's still at a four. I'm still at a five. I'm just not. I don't find constant stupidity of people this late in the game to be very compelling as a plot line. We should be further along than this from people who managed to make it this long. So it's 9.54, and we're staying with these low scores. So let me go ahead and keep reading some info on World Beyond, which is coming up soon. Um, reminder note, all shows in Season 2 will be directed by women. Um, tonight's writer for World Beyond is Maya Goldsmith, a producer and writer known for Pretty Little Liars in 2010, How to Get Away with Murder 2014, and Rails and Ties back in 2007. There's no real easily found biographical data on her. 2008 to 9, she was assistant for executive producer for Lipstick Jungle, story editor and executive story editor for Pretty Little Liars 2011 to 13. First writing gig was Lipstick Jungle, then The Collection, Pretty Little Liars, and How to Get Away with Murder. Goldsmith was a producer for the collection Pretty Little Liars and How to Get Away with Murder also. She is a co-executive producer for World Beyond. Tonight is her third time writing an episode in the Walking Dead franchise, the first being Season 1, Episode 6, Shadow Puppets, and Season 1, Episode 10, Finale, In This Life, was her second. Um, And that was co-written with Mac Negretti and Ben Sokolowski. She co-wrote the series finale, Season 2, Episode 10, The Last Light, also with Matt Negretti, and that will be on December 5th. Let's see where we are. Cold, soggy fries. No, thank you. Aisha Tyler. Aisha Naomi Tyler was uh, September 18, 1970. American talk show host, actress, comedian, author, producer, writer, and dictator, and a partridge in a pear tree. A woman of many, many talents. She is of both African-American and Native American descent. Born in San Francisco, the daughter of Robin Gregory, a teacher, and James Tyler, a photographer. Tyler... Um, Oh, the family spent one year in Ethiopia and later spent time living in an ashram in Oakland, California. Her parents divorced when she was 10, and she and her sister, Ferry, were raised by their father, Jim. Uh, She was raised in a strictly vegetarian home. I think we are back. Oh, no, it's a Geico commercial. It's really strange looking. Uh, (laughs) Creepy attic that looks like it's from The Walking Dead, but it's really not. An engagement commercial. All right, I'm going to keep going since we have commercials. She pursued an early interest in comedy at McAteer High School in San Francisco, which had a special program called School of the Arts, now named Ruth Osawa San Francisco School of the Arts. Tyler attended high school with Sam Rockwell and Margaret Show. She had a crush on Rockwell and followed him into acting class one day, leading to her interest in improv and sketch. Graduated from Dartmouth with a degree in political science, Science and a minor in environmental policy. Uh, that was 90, 1992. She was a member of the Tabard, a co-ed fraternity. At Dartmouth, she co-founded and sang in the Dartmouth Rockapellas, an all-female acapella group devoted to spreading social awareness through song. After briefly working for a San Francisco advertising firm, she toured the country pursuing a comedy career before moving to L.A. in '96. She was married to Jeff Tijens, from 94 to 2017, and they have divorced. Um, I do have more biographical info on that whole situation, but it's kind of personal and painful, so I'm skipping it. Um, she moved to L.A. in 96 and was featured. Um, oh, that's that's what, uh, World Beyond stuff coming. Number 61 in Maxim Magazine's Hot 100 of 2002 and number 72 in the uh, Hot 100 of 2005. And now we are back. So I'll see you guys at break number six. Okay, guys, it's ten twelve, and as they have been doing, they went straight into World Beyond. So I didn't have a chance to talk to you guys. Um, I had mentioned powdered milk needs water, and I don't remember the water situation on the sub. I thought the first car was CRM, but apparently it's Josiah. And that was Emil's brother. 
So Joan ended on a four. I ended on a five two five. I went up for the discovery of the food and for Josiah, although I hate twin plot lines. They're a trope. And he didn't have to have a twin brother. It could have been a lot of things. Joan has said, World Beyond may be a bit boring at times, but at least it's consistent. Doesn't have the ham-fisted qualities of fear. Yeah, because Ian and Andrew are not showrunners there. <laughs> She's already happier about this one. and starting with a five. And I'm going to start with a five. Yeah, for now. Let me go ahead and... Go back to my notes. So we were doing Aisha Tyler's bio. She's got a, a lot of stuff she's done. I've got another four paragraphs of things she's done. Um, lots and lots of stuff I read you last week. So let's skip to the Walking Dead parts. Directing tonight's episode is her seventh director's credit and her third time ever working in the Walking Dead franchise. The first being directing Fear, season six, episode 13, which was J.D., and the second being World Beyond, uh, last week's episode, season two, episode three, Exit Wounds. And later this season, she will also be playing a new character named Mickey in Fear, season seven, episode five, Till Death, which will be directed by Lenny James. And we are back. I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 10.22. We are at break number two. Um, We are fussing about the fact that everything on fear has become a trope since Ian and Andrew took over. Um, Joan is going up slightly to 5T5. I'm thinking about it. I think I will for now, but they got to do something a little more spectacular to get any higher than that. Uh, let me go back to my notes and finish Aisha's uh, bio here. Oh, no, I did finish that. Pardon me. We need to do trivia. My bad. Um, season 2, Episode 4, Family is a four-letter word. 14th episode of Walk World Beyond Ever. Co-stars tonight are Jesse Gallegos as Webb, who's a worker for CRM Decontamination Center with Silas. Same thing with Rye Chase as Tiga, also with Silas, and Kellen Joseph Quinn is Grady. That's the third kid. Kurt Rhodes, uh, R-H-O-A-D-S, as Daniel. No description. He's likely a one-shot plot device. Married to Nance Williamson, who portrays Margaret, and Nance Williamson is Margaret. No description. She's likely a one-shot plot device. I actually believe this. these pieces of trivia might belong to fear above. I'm pretty sure that's why I could not find them earlier because I pasted them in the wrong one. So let me move those up to, let's see here, do, do, do. Uh, Not last episode, first episode. All right, let me paste this in trivia for the previous episode, even though we've already seen it. But I want to get it in the right place so I don't, Read it during World Beyond. I apologize for getting these two mixed up. That is one of the difficulties of having these double headers is that you have to do everything twice and you have to make sure you're on the correct one, which I wasn't. Okay, uncredited tonight, Christina Brucato as Amelia Ortiz, who's Elton's mom, and deaths, of course, are not yet announced because that would be a spoiler. First appearance of Daniel, first appearance of Margaret, for last appearance of Amelia in a flashback and Kurt Rhodes, Daniel is mistakenly credited as Kurt R-O-A-D-S. Okay, so maybe I was wrong to move that stuff up there. Okay, I guess this is where they are. Okay. Not really sure what's up with that. All right. I, I, you know, I just don't know what's going on with this guy, so hopefully we're back. There's the creepy Geico commercial again. And another not creepy commercial about makeup. Okay. Last week's episode, season two, episode three, Exit Wounds, 13th episode of Walking World Beyond Ever. Sorry. Co-stars were Terrence Archie as Captain Betts, Captain CRM, Christopher Nathan as Ian. Interesting. Ian is among the students hanging out in the bunker. 
when he's asked by Mason to explain to Hope how he was able to produce alcohol for everyone. Ian catches himself rambling as he explains his process to Hope and Mason. I'm sure it'll be a plot device later. Later, he watches and cheers on an intense game of Jenga between Mason and Hope. West Jetton as Robin, who's a member of the Council of Perimeter. He was among the Perimeter residents to escort Will, Felix, and Iris to the village. And we're still in a commercial. Uncredited last week. Anna Kaja as Indira, the leader of the Council of Perimeter. Unknown person as Murrow, first lieutenant of the Civic Republic military. First Lieutenant Murrow was present on the board hearing as Captain Betts reinstates Jennifer Malik's position and rank within the CRM. And unknown as Teresa, who is the horse that belongs to the perimeter. All right, now we are back. I will see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, 1034, break number three. I and Joan have both gone up to 5.5. Just as we have mentioned, there are times when World Beyond has not really been our cup of tea either. But at least they are consistent, and it's a little more interesting to watch them interact. They're getting their feet under them with season two. I think season one was just the babysitter's club with walkers. <laughs> but it's gotten better now. Um, and, yeah, it, Joan mentioned she actually tried to feed him a load of crap about Will. Jeez, yeah. And I think that's how he knows that they're not going back with her because she has no idea where Will is. And boy, is she going to be rudely surprised and deservedly so. All righty. Um, let me go back to my notes, which I had not finished in the trivia. First appearance of Teresa, the horse. First appearance of Asha, the CRM teen, played by Madeline Kintz. First appearance of Dev, her brother, played by Abu Bark. Abu, Bak- Abu Bakar. I, I apologize. I don't know the proper way to say this name. A B U. B-A-K-R, Ali. First appearance of Betts, who's captain of CRM, played by Terrence Archie. First appearance of Murrow, who's the first lieutenant of the CRM. That was the woman that was gushing over Huck when she was at the um, gate with the stolen vehicle. And this one is a little interesting, if we got a minute. Um, First appearance of the character Dr. T. Brooks Ellis, researcher for the CRM, played by Alan Edwards. Dr. Ellis was mentioned by not only Leo Bennett in Foothold, but as well in Walking Dead Classic Season 5, Episode 5, Self-Help. Eugene Porter mentions Dr. Ellis twice when conversing with his fellow survivors. The first time, he claims that Dr. Ellis was his boss at the Human Genome Project and the smartest man he knew. He also states that Dr. Ellis said his mullet made him look like a fun guy. This was later revealed to be a lie, and Eugene admits he never met Dr. Alice, but read one of his books. He's also going to be in Season 2, Episode 5, Quatervois. He's uh, a play by Alan Edwards. I have that in there twice. Sorry about that. First appearance of Ian, who's a random team, played by Christopher Nathan. First appearance of Diana Pierce. She was a corporal of CRM, um, played by Gisette Valentin. Uh, there were no deaths listed last week. Featuring music from last episode, Exit Wounds, uh, It Only Takes One Night by Dum Dum Girls, which was playing on Hope's iPod as she jogged. All right, still in commercials. So I have a rundown of the remainder of the season and the series. So 14 slash 4, family is a four-letter word, that's tonight. 15 slash 5 is Cotervois. Um Ben Sokolowski is the writer, and Heather Capiello is the director. That's on Halloween. 16-6, Who Are You?, written by Sinead Daly and directed by Heather Capiello also. That's the seventh. 17-7 is Blood and Lies. Writer is Rohit Kumar. Director is Lily Marie, M-A-R-I-Y-E, and I'm not sure if that's how she says it. I'll have to try to find out. That's on the 14th. 18 slash 8, Returning Point, a writer's Eddie Gazalian, director's Lily Marie on the 21st, 19 slash 9, Death in the Dead, writers are Aaron Martin and Sam Reynolds, uh, director's Lauren Iaconelli, that's the 28th, Thanksgiving weekend, and 20 slash 10 is The Last Light, 
Writers are Matt Negretti, Mike Goldsmith, and Carson Moore, and the director is Lauren Iaconelli, and that's the end of the series. That is on December 5th, and we are now back. So I'll see you guys at break number six, I think. Okay, guys, 10.43, we are break number five, I think. Joan, is it five or six? Um, I really need to come up with a way to track those. I really don't. <laughs> Joan and I are both still at 5.5. Um, Joan has also said there's only going to be two seasons of World Beyond, but they got the go for an eighth season of Fear. There's no justice. Well, World Beyond was not written to purposely continue as long as Fear or Walking Dead Classic. That was the point. Um, it's not really a matter of justice. I am shocked they got the go-ahead for an eighth season of Fear. However, that really kind of needed to be the wrapping season, to be truthful with you. And Joan has also said, looks like Silas is at Halloween Horror Nights at the CRM. And then not much new development in the last one. We already know Silas is capable of murder and push too far. And Percy can be a, a dick. Yeah, he can be a serious dick. This is very true. All right. Let's go ahead and keep going with our notes. Oh, you know what? I really hadn't updated the various other shows that I wanted to plug to you guys. So I'm not going to give details. But they tend to be the same every week, roughly. So Monday Night in America, tomorrow night with Roger Noriega, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history. It's currently hosted on StreamYard, and they post the link for that on the NDB Media page, although it also plays on YouTube and Facebook Live videos, possibly a couple of other places. Um, Fandom Access Week in Review is Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, with Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they digest another night of TV. Um, They often do The Walking Dead, so they'll probably be discussing some of the same things we are tonight. Uh, Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show on Wednesday the 27th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. We had been on hiatus last time, so we haven't been on in a month. But join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, a.k.a. Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and metal health. And then Thursdays, Travel Itch Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. I do not know what they are working on next this time. Um, but go ahead and check them out, and you can find out. So I'm kind of just killing a little time now until we go back. We're in an Xfinity commercial. Ew. Oh, this is a kind of a trailer and behind-the-scenes cute stuff. Um this is very weird. They're combining Walking Dead with Virginia's for Lovers commercial. And now they're still in commercials for Lincoln. Okay, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so, 1046. Hey, Joan, since we're not having Talking Dead tonight, does this cut off at 11 or is it running over? If you can check that out for me and let me know the times. Because um, you're usually on top of that sort of thing. So... Anyhow, uh, uh, the Lincoln commercial should be over soon. The power of sanctuary. Yes, okay. Now we're into Capital One. And me here, all dressed and no place to talk to. All right, not sure what else to tell you about World Beyond. We are almost halfway through. So next week will be episode five, Cotervoir. And actually, somewhere in trivia, I thought they had mentioned what that word means. And... Oh, you know what? After, you know what? I don't see it on here. I thought that I had the definition for you, but I'm going to just look that up real quick because it is an unusual word and it does have meaning and it's next week's episode and that will give me something to talk about for a hot minute. I'm going to have to look that up. Let me see here. Google Q-U-A-T-E-R-V. S and 
it means a crossroad or a critical decision or turning point in one's life. And that's definitely going to be that episode. All right, we are back. I will see you guys at break number seven. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 10.58, and I've only got 90 seconds left of recordable show. So I'm actually going to tell you guys good night for now, but I'm going to hang out in the chat room and talk to Joan as long as it'll let me. So have a good night, and see you guys on Halloween weekend. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>